it was getting to the point where I was like, oh, this is a grind. Like, I'm not enjoying this and I have to be creative at work. And like the creativity was being stifled by like somebody standing over my shoulder, like yelling at me about edits. And I was just like, fuck all this. Like, I'm getting tired of this, which is exactly when my brother called and was like, I need you full time. I'm like, okay, great, fine. I'm, I quit. Fuck you. Like, I'm out. Welcome to Oil and Whiskey, an Ironclad Original. I am Josh Henning. I'm Phil Gerber. I'm Jeremy Gerber. Welcome to Oil and Whiskey, an Ironclad Original. Today's guest is owner of PVK Vegas and host of the Bladeology podcast, Jeremiah Burbank. To learn more about PVK, visit pvk.com. Subscribe to Jeremiah's YouTube channel at PVK Vegas. You can also keep up with him on Instagram at pvk.lasvegas. Welcome to Oil and Whiskey, man. Kick ass. You guys have a really nice setup in there. All right. Thank you. You get the legit thing going on there. You get the headphones and everything. That's seasoned podcaster, I see, right? Oh, man, I'm telling you. That's, uh, <laughs> I got a USB microphone, but that's basically all you need. That's it, right? You sound good. You look good. It's uh, You got something to drink? Uh, I do. Okay. I've got two options. I've got water and alcohol. I'm gonna stick with water at first. Okay, we're getting straight into the alcohol. Yeah, Jeremy's we're, we're got not. a. Okay, I brought. I've been saving something. Here, He's got a little fellas. surprise so for us. Before we jump oh, okay. into this, you have to bear with us because I brought a collection of Wisconsin's finest. Okay. Ooh. These okay. both came from some pretty interesting locations. Number one, it's actually a Minnesota weeded, but purchased at. It's the Lake Geneva's Country Meats pick. Okay. Oh, they made a store. Oh, yeah. yeah. So out there in the middle of nowhere on Highway was it 50, 50 I believe. Yeah. lies a meat market. And sitting there on the shelf was that. I saw it said weeded. It said Minnesota. Those are it was filled, a few good things. So Filled in 2018. So this is a, it's a vintage Minnesota bottle. weeded okay, so we're gonna store pick in Lake Geneva. And Lake Geneva meat, Meats is known for their store picks. Yeah. Okay. Is that a five-year bottle aged then? No. In it, addition to that, boys. No, barrel fill in 2018. Ah, okay. Bottled in 22. All right. As you know, it's getting more and more difficult to find... High-end whiskeys? Well, bourbons with an age statement on them. You can go to virtually all liquor stores, and it's kind of hard to find. But where you can find liquor with an age statement... This an age statement good. of nine years is at the Racine Petro. <laughs> and <laughs> So that is from, wow. from, right. from a truck stop... And I happen to be walking. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm walking I in walked there. walked into the right place. <laughs> yeah. I walk in there and sitting on the shelf is a bunch of bourbon. And it says right on there, boom, that is a barrel chosen by Racine Petro. But what are the odd? Nine years? That's a $49 bottle of booze, too. So what do you think? That, that might be diesel fuel. What do you think that distillery <laughs> says when they call for that's the appointment for the bottle it's pick. got it's got to be an honor <laughs> hey, this for, is bert we, we from got racine petro for, for those of oh you oh my god bert <laughs> so good to hear from yeah. you oh man it's for, been eight years for those of you who don't know too if you're ever on 94 going through uh southern wisconsin racine stop at that petro because that is the home of the kringle the danish the, bakery the, yeah oh. do you know what a kringle is you had a, uh I'm about to learn, and I'm excited. Okay, like so a Kringle fucking dunks on a coffee cake. Yeah. Well, am I right? Yep. It's basically, it's a pastry, and they have these things stacked up by, like, the thousands in there. They come in these, it's like yeah. an envelope. Might be a slight exaggeration. When they're, when they're rolling, they <laughs> do hundreds, hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds, okay. And it's a round, 
it's like a ring of coffee cake. Okay. Kind of like okay. a like a like a pastry that's a ring. It would be like a nice top. like a nice doily placemat that you would have out at Thanksgiving or yes. something like that. But it's a pastry sure. about that right. thickness and that shape and look. But Oof. they are they are really good. Okay. Racing Petro right. didn't pay me shit for this. So <laughs> yeah. we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're done plugging them. Let's, let's get into okay. it. I'm gonna pour this right. and get uh, after it. Let's get after it. Well, I'm glad I wrote down those directions. I'm gonna stop by. Yeah, grab we'll some we'll of that send you a, there. We'll send you a Kringle. We yeah, should do it. Hell yeah. Are they mailable? Mail yeah, you can get them are they? Really? Yeah. They better be. You can mail anything. What's That's been true. going on, man? What does today look like for you? Uh, today, what is today? Thursday. Oh my God. Um, today's a today's a wild day uh, in the in the in the knife world in the PVK world. I uh, I got some amazing new deliveries uh, on the on the storefront side. I uh, crossing some small business stuff off on on the other side so it's uh it's a venerable uh whirlwind of awesomeness actually which is why i'm excited to enjoy this water and then open that bottle of bourbon it's just slightly <laughs> out of screen you know it's so, not a whirlwind of awesomeness yeah. uh, the racing <laughs> yes. store pick yeah do share do share what what are the flavor notes of the uh well, no diesel so that's good okay that's good it's not right. horrible it's not that not bad. 87 nah. it's got it's got burn the flavor's right. not bad. The uh, it's quiet over there. <laughs> it's yeah. only ninety three. <laughs> yeah, proof. It's kind of got all the. It's kind of got taste. all the wrong things going for it, but it's <laughs> it's drinkable. You're trying to. <laughs> all right. I stand by it's my a, original like review. <laughs> no bueno. The smell's not good either. No, it, when you opened it, it smelled horrible. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't. Okay. All right. It leads me to believe there's something in it that's not supposed to be because it burns like a 130 proof and it's only 93. That's that extra ethanol. Let's, let's in there. be honest, yeah. good for you. I didn't really that's have high extra. hopes, but it had to be tried. Yeah, it, you guys carry on. I'll pour these out. I'm gonna. I'll finish this <laughs> one. Okay. I don't mind finishing it. You yeah. Finish it? Mm-hmm. I guess. Twist my arm. I'll pour Stick it. With it. It'll make the next one taste even better. Hell yeah. That's exactly right. Well, the man, first I, one's just the start. We've got so many questions because I've I've always been intrigued. Been a fan. Um, of yours for a while um, we've obviously are into knives and when you're doing the old Instagram search at different times a day you always seem to pop up I was following you for for several years and you've always had the cool, cool shit but at the same time no offense when I looked up I'm like oh the storefront and stuff you're like I had so many questions of like what is this deal like you're on Instagram you've got YouTube you've got podcast you've got a storefront but it was in Vegas but then it started out someplace else and now you're so tell us like that's a whirlwind of things. I'm ready. <laughs> you, you ready? All right. So origin story, is that where we're kind of, all right, we can do that. Uh, so if we, if we start at the very beginning, uh, the very early days, we're looking at the early nineties, uh, 1994 to be totally exact. Um, PVK stands for Pioneer Valley knife and tool. Obviously the and tool pit was, was dropped for abbreviation reasons. Um, so my brother originally started the company in 94, uh, we're a bit, uh, age separate there. Um, so he was really, PVK was a pioneer of, uh, cutlery sales on the internet. You know, that sounds a little bit like I started radio on the internet, but <laughs> PVK really was one of the first, uh, pioneers to be mail order on the internet. There was a store in our hometown of Western Massachusetts. And then probably about 96 or 98, it became very clear that the internet was going to be a very real thing. 
Um, so he immediately secured all kinds of URLs and, and property rights um, to having a website. And the business at that point had a storefront in our hometown, downtown, and at our local mall. Remember malls? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that next to Gamers Paradise? Oh, in between right Gamers Paradise and Spencer's? <laughs> yes, Spencer's nice. and then the pottery lady who always had like the Vermont stuff. She's like, yeah. oh, I have these. Okay, different place. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so there were two locations physically and then the internet location. And then by the time 99 rolled around, that was it for the storefront. There was so much business on the internet. It became unnecessary to have a, a huge staff and man these two stores when, you know, 70% of your sales are going out the door over, you know, over the tubes, right? The tubes that are the internet. And, uh, and so the storefronts faded away. And then basically since about 99, 2000, it's been, internet only so just online sales uh and then pretty much 2001 is where i jumped into the picture um my brother came to me at the time and he was like hey i want to do videos of these knives and i want to put them on the internet so that's crazy but i can help you no problem because at the time i was very much into multimedia I, that's how i sort of got into a lot of different things but uh i was editing um, nonlinear video back in the day. So there's half inch, which is VHS, right? There's three quarter inch. That's the bigger one. And there's nonlinear, which is everything now. Everything is digital. So I helped him and we did some videos of some knives and we had videoknife.com. This was pre YouTube in 2001. So we created a website. We created a hosting platform. We had QuickTime movies. I mean, nobody remembers that. I remember um, QuickTime. Oh, yeah. yeah. You remember QuickTime? Yeah. Quick oh, yeah. Movies, we right? all remember QuickTime. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> that little thing, the Q, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad that we've passed that, but, you know, we had to cover that to get here. Um, so, yeah, so we did these over-the-shoulder tabletop videos, kind of like that that nice wooden table. So he would, he would have a knife, right? He would be like, okay, like, today we're looking at this knife, and, you know, this is what it feels like, this is what it looks like, and, you know, this is what it's made out of, you know, because back then all we could do is just show people pictures we could talk to them on the phone about the knife, but it wasn't, there was no tactile interaction with the piece. You know, that's very important. So we had videoknife.com where we had videos of knives on the internet. And then we also had the PVK side. We had your retail and you had your showcase. Um, we did that for a very, very, very long time. Uh, and then I kind of came and I went and I, and I did some other things in my life. And then he called me in about 2008 and he said, okay. I need you back full time. So I said, okay, sounds good. So in about 2008, really the beginning of 2009, I came on full time as 50% partner of the business, uh, which was very exciting because I was sort of doing my own thing and he was like, I need this. I was like, all right, great. So 2009 came on full time, 50% partner of the business. At this point, we were still in Western Massachusetts. Um, and the decision was made to change locations. So this is where it gets crazy. We moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, which is actually where I am now. And we were in New Hampshire for about two years. And at about the two-year mark, 2014-ish, um, a show called The USN, which is the usual Suspects Network Gathering, which is a forum. It's an internet forum. It's a place where guys come and they meet on the internet. It's not what it sounds like. They talk about knives and stuff. It's great. <laughs> Thanks for okay, clearing that right. up quickly. Yeah, okay, just, just so, yeah, all right. <laughs> They have a show in Las Vegas, and all these guys get together, they trade knives, companies come there, and they sell their wares. It's awesome. So 2014 was our first show. We, we went out to Vegas, and we loved it. It was awesome. It was totally rad. 
Uh, it was my first trip to Vegas. It was his first trip to Vegas. We had a great time. We did all kinds of Vegas stuff. And uh, we decided, you know what? Uh, that's clearly the future. Uh, a friend of a friend that we met at the show had some real estate available uh, right next to the airport, actually. Uh, McLaren there. And um, we moved the business. We said, okay, that's it. Like, let's do this. Let's make this terrifying and, you know, debatably smart or unsmart move to move the business. So we're in New Hampshire, we packed up a couple of trucks, one of which I drove, and we hauled everything cross country. And we moved to Las Vegas and we set up shop at this sort of flex space, you know, it, trust me. Yeah. As I see that, it's like, yeah. Uh, we unloaded the truck. We were in, Oh God, we were in Vegas for like four months. We got broken into. So welcome to Vegas. These guys backed a truck into our roll door. It was Thanksgiving Eve. And I get this call and I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? He's like, we've been burglarized. Thankfully, these guys had no idea what they were looking at. Um, they stole all the cheapest stuff in the entire warehouse. So God bless. Good luck selling that stuff. Uh, we probably couldn't even sell it. So uh, probably about a year after that, same friend of ours called us up and said, hey, uh, a friend of a friend of a friend, this is very Vegas stuff here, um, he's got some space on the strip, and it's available at a reasonable price. I'll let you sort of figure out what that might mean for Las Vegas. And same thing. We said, Fuck it. Okay, let's do it. And so we moved in. We moved out of our space next to the airport, and we moved into our storefront on Las Vegas Boulevard. Damn. And that's when things started to really go crazy. That's kind of why probably I'm, I'm here now. It's because the store in the Strip really was the tipping point for the whole business. It went from sort of doing incredibly well online sales with a, with a great reputation to doing insane online sales with a great reputation that a place you can come and visit and it was just kind of nuts we had customers basically for 20 years travel across country or from other sides of the world to come visit us and meet us um in the storefront which was amazing that was a it was very humbling to meet these people you know customers of ours for 20 years you know i'm literally talking about uh china japan saudi arabia korea uh, South Africa, Ohio, like all over the world, you know, um, and they traveled to the strip to, to come check out the storefront, which was amazing. Um, we had storefront for a very long time uh, until probably about 2016 to 2020, well, to 2022 in March, uh, my landlord came to me and, uh, okay, back up a little bit. Unfortunately, in 2021, uh, my brother passed away of a heart attack. Mm. It was extremely unfortunate. Uh, very unforeseen, obviously. Uh, super sorry to hear dude. that, man. Well, it, it happens. It was it was heartbreaking, and uh, you know, as is life, you just kind of have to pick up the pieces. And it's about how how you move forward, right? That's the most important thing. So he passed away, and then my landlord hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, like uh, you know, I'm sure your brother told you um, you know, about the lease." And I was like, "Yeah, no, that didn't happen. He's he's <laughs> not here." And he was like, oh, um, so they're tearing this entire block down in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, how long do I have? A year or two? And he's like, you actually have about four months. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, four months. I was like, wow. All right. Um, so I called a friend of a friend. I called another friend of a friend. You know, we're talking about beginning of 22. So we're whatever timeline you want to follow, end of the pandemic, almost end of the pandemic, whatever. Um, no real estate really available. Uh 
for any kind of affordable price that wasn't inside of a casino, right? I didn't want to be inside something else. That's a real pain in the ass. Where we were on the strip, uh, literally, if you guys are familiar with Vegas at all, we were directly across from the Aria, right beside Planet Hollywood. Yeah. So you could just you could just walk in. I mean, anybody and everybody would just pass by the storefront and come right in. I didn't want to be in something else. I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, come in the casino and get fucking lost on your way to the yeah. cigarette so thing. Being, like, no. being in that location, how many times do you get guys who obviously just want a shit ton of money that come in and buy something that they would typically never buy, but just splurge. Okay, so that's, yeah, that was a huge part of it. And, and that was a lot of fun. So the first couple of years on the strip, we were open till 1 a.m. That was hours were. Yeah. So like the guys, you know, if you're out there. I love you all. Like the dudes we had working there were super about it. So we would be open at 10 and we would pull crazy shifts and be open till 1 a.m. And the amount of times that big fish, right? They'd hit the casino, they'd hit big, and they'd roll down to the shop and they'd just be like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I love it. How much money can I spend? And it was like, I can help you. Like, that's no problem. Like, I got you. Like, this stuff is, you know, anywhere from, you know, whatever you think it is to whatever you could possibly imagine. I can't imagine, like, the... You have to almost have to be a curator, like a museum, because you you had to have everything from, like, tri-blade, Klingon, death swords... You know, up to, you know, a a one-off Marfione, you know, $25,000, you know, knife and everything in between. Because like you said, on the strip, you've got the guys just, just, you can picture them right now in that tank top with their wife. They're in Vegas. They're, oh, I got to have that fucking sword or knife or whatever, something crazy impulse buy. And then the guy that wants to buy something that, because he's got the money, that's got to be a wild place to do business. Oh, yeah. I'm the guy. I'm the guy behind the, like the rare samurai sword when I, <laughs> I, you know, I hit a thing. Like samurai That's sword, me. top shelf. Give yeah. me that. Like yeah. hand it over. Like I got you. No worries. Hey, you're you're absolutely right. So the, the curator thing, the storefront was basically sort of long and skinny and covered in glass cases, and from the front of the storefront, it stored at you know sort of affordable everyday gear, right? EDC as we all know it. And then the deeper you get into the store, it gets more expensive, right? So you got your bottom shelf at the front, your top shelf at the back. So sort of the farther you get into the store, the crazier it gets. And yeah, curating a selection like that was a retail nightmare, but also it was a lot of fun because you got to sort of appeal to a lot of different sides. Like I love that mall ninja shit. Like it drives me nuts. Like I love the little like, oh, it's a wallet with like a little dagger and it's also got a compass. Like. And a blowgun, too? Yeah. Awesome. Right. Like, I, I have a soft spot for that. Like, I think it's great. You know, but I also I have an appreciation for the higher-end stuff. So in, in an environment like that, appealing to everybody, it's it's a nightmare, but it's a lot of fun because you get so many people who, who haven't seen any of this stuff before, and they love it. They just walk in and like, I didn't even know this existed. I'll take two of them. Like, absolutely. You did, know, just everything you can imagine. Did you happen to have, and you can just blink or nod if this is true, did you happen to have any type of agreement with TSA at the airport for all of those travelers <laughs> uh, that they didn't make it to get it back <laughs> to come yep. back? Yeah, just bring just them back. Like, just, just bring them back. Just, well, so I was going to go no, the other approach. Let, say that the shop right outside the airport was a home run to stop there after you land. After you land, yeah. <laughs> no, we. So that's the, that's the beauty of it is that we were shipping. So we were, and that's I try to explain this to people, and they're just like, yeah, sure. We were running our entire operation out of the back of that shop. The normal pvk.com out of the back 
and the storefront was the retail side. So anything you bought in the storefront, we could ship anywhere in the world for you. Like that's, and we're talking about a space that's maybe, I don't know, they're very small, but I mean the entire storefront, anything you bought there, we would ship for you. We had a lot of people flying private, so it didn't matter. They right. were like, oh, no, like, I'll just put that in the suitcase with my rifle. And I was like, oh, of course you have a suitcase. With <laughs> yeah, rifle. absolutely. No, just yeah. throw that in there. Like, it's no big deal. And uh, no, it, it, it was it was an immensely fun experience. And and because of the storefront, you know, you said on Instagram, which is a, a good, great thing for me to remember, um, celebrities, which was a huge fun, like the amount of of celebrities that came in and really just enjoyed the experience of shopping, you know, sort of that helps because that brings so much excitement to your every day. You know, you're, you're dealing with the public all the time and then you're there at these weird hours. And then all of a sudden, you know, the storefront is empty and there's bodyguards out there and you're like, wait, oh, damn. Don't and in walks Steven Seagal to buy some <laughs> throwing knives, right? He's tell like, me, tell me you've passing by. You know? Yeah. He's looking for Richie. In there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me he had Seagal in there. Oh, man, I wish. No, Chuck, I, I, did, I, did not, I did not. The name drop, name drop some s- celebrities that came Chuck in. Norris. Uh, I Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. So um, a, a good friend of the shop who was uh, one of our very first celebrities in was Post Malone. Um, I think he'd be okay with me saying that. He's famously came by the shop. Still a very good customer um, till this day. He's in some was, cool our, shit. Yeah, Dude, he, Post he, is, he's in it, man. Yeah. No he, joke. He just looks like a guy you want to hang out I with. I know. I don't really listen to his music, but he, yeah. he just yeah. seems like a genuinely cool dude. He's just having fucking fun. Yeah. Anyway, sorry Good to derail. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's no, he, dude, he's so legit. So he actually, him and his crew showed up like five minutes after we opened. Um, me and my other guy are there like drinking coffee, you know, working off kind of a long night actually. And we look out in the showroom and yeah, just sort of like giant body, you know, you, you know, yeah. bodyguard type dudes. And you're like, those are bodyguards. And he runs back there and he's like, post loans in the showroom. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, okay. I'm, I'm reasonably recovered for this. Like, okay. And he just came in and a friend of mine had let me know about a month ahead of time. He was like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is his tour manager. He might come by. I get that a lot. You know, like that's like as good as the check is in the mail. So I'm not, you know, I, out of my mind. Right. He came in and he was just, the chillest dude I have ever met. Super polite, just very cordial, you know, very, yes, sir. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's chill. Um, and he came back and, you know, because it's Vegas, I'll sort of lay this out. So the showroom is where all the knives are. The way we set it up, we built a wall. So when you're looking down the showroom, you just see a wall and then there's a register and there's a wall. So there's, you know, oh, that's the showroom. To the other side of the wall, about five feet, there's a corridor, and then we have a whole VIP room. And that's where the so drugs the store, are. That's where, I don't maybe, <laughs> possibly, I don't, you know. So, you, so what's in the VIP room? <laughs> right, good question. So the VIP room is where the super spicy stuff is. That's where the ultimate of spice happens. So Damn. that's where the really, we curated, we had these massive glass showcases, which we littered with uh, custom knives. And we also had uh, liquor of various kinds, flavors, and styles um, mixed in there. We actually had, um, well, anyway, all kinds of bourbon, uh, vodka, not that much, uh, some cognac for sure. Um, but anyway, not, all, kinds of, all kinds of stuff. Nothing no, from the Petro you know, and Racine. If I had known about it, if y'all had hit me <laughs> we'll up, send you, we'll send you there. what's left. It'll, It'll be all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Three-quarter full up. bottle. 
You know, but like uh, Eames lounge chairs, right? Like yeah. sort of famously mm-hmm. iconic chairs. And then uh, we had this giant glass table, which is actually right over here. Um, and we had sort of four tables around this giant glass table. And that's kind of where the business got done. Uh, you know, you can pour drinks. Uh, we couldn't really smoke back there. Um, but, you know, pour drinks, go over deals, hang out with friends, and be in a more private environment for, you know, higher-end sales. You know, a guy comes into the showroom looking for a Marfione custom, knows what he wants, asks, no problem. Another guy, yeah, I'd like to take a look at three or four things, maybe five things. He's wearing a Rolex. He talks the right talk. Sir, why don't you come with me into the back room? I don't. There's just a wall. Sir, just come with me. And then, you know, you have this whole world back there puts people at ease it's it's a little more private and you can just hang out and it's very no pressure right touch the knives hang out you know it's fine so post guys all came back to the vip we have this like uh like a giant beer cooler it's sort of one of those like uh neon blue things um so post guys come back and they're like bro and i'm like yeah like no have at it man so i don't i'm like i don't know what's in there after last night but like whatever's in there just feel free to drink it so his guys just start cracking beers and they've been up all night long. Like, literally, he's like, oh, no, we've been walking around all night. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know what that's like. He's like, no, 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 we've been walking around all of Las Vegas since midnight. And I'm like, that's nine hours. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, we're having a great time. So they all pass out. Literally, his bodyguards pass out on the ground, which I was totally fine. don't care. And then the other half of them hang out, talking knives, drinking beers, like, really great time. Super nice that's dude. Cool. Knew exactly what he wanted, was happy to take a look at some new stuff. I showed him some interesting things that I liked. He was into it. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was a great interaction. And like I said, because of that, he's still a customer to this day. So the showroom was a really great intro for a lot of people and a lot of, you know, other celebrities to be come familiar with the brand, come familiar with me, my brother. It was definitely, it was a pretty righteous. So what does a guy like Post Malone buy and carry? What does he carry? Um, so then he came in specifically at the time he was looking for a Marfion Custom Continental set. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but it's basically a Pelican case, and it's a Marfion Custom Combat Trudon, and it's a custom Ultra Tech, and it was for the John Wick movie, which yeah. at the time I think oh, we were shit. on John Wick 2. I think it was 2 or 1. Oh, I'm slipping now. They had a Continental uh, coin. Didn't have a coin? Yes, so it had a gold coin or had three gold coins because I think he ended up getting the premier set. There's two silvers and a gold, and there's three gold coins. He got the obviously the nicest one, um, and he was really excited. That was his impetus for coming into the showroom. He was like, "Y'all got that continental set?" And I'm like, "For you, I do have one in the back. Yes, sir, I do." Mm. Uh, I know he he's very much into Microtech still, um, though recently he's been ordering uh, a great deal of custom stuff, which is awesome. His tastes are expanding as anybody in the sort of any any hobby you do you sort of start somewhere you have your your gateway drug yep. then you get really excited and you sort of you know then you gotta find that find that vein and then you're tapping that's it, it. that's where it goes get that racine and then you're just <laughs> and then you relapse and then you come back and you're like oh my god that was that was bad or most yeah, i don't of think there's the, any coming back to this it's that's horrible it's really bad shit yeah, my chest is on fire right now. when those celebrities not to stay on this but I, I mean generally interested in it uh yeah, yeah the most of the time where the celebrities kind of already enthusiasts and they're looking for something and they're into it, or do you have that guy that's st- is johnny depp stumbling in and he's like I've never had a switchblade. I'd like one. You know, he probably wants. I see him carrying like a fencing sword, some sort of weird pirate thing. (laughs) Because he he just played a pirate. He's not really a pirate. He's got that look. 
like even yeah. outside the movie. But well, I mean, are, are they stumbling that's, that's in? That's a and, good question. Yeah. So when Johnny Depp came in, he actually had a couple things in mind. Um, Solid flex. Gotcha there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he came in, he came in a little late at night and um, he actually had a couple things. I think he had sort of scrolled through um, our Instagram briefly or, you know, perhaps one of his handlers that I, I, you know, I don't know specifically, but he came in and he was like, I have this idea of this thing I want that I saw that you guys have, you know, can you show it to me? And, um, his visit was a little more, it was sped up, you know, busy guy, totally get it. He wasn't, he was very friendly, happy to hang out for a minute, but he kind of came in and was like, I'm looking for the switchblade. It's about this big. He pushed the button, it shoots out the front, comes back in. It's got like um, some abalone in it. And yeah, like I, I need it for a gift. It's like, okay, I got you. Um, some guys ran in the back, uh, opened the safes, pulled some knives out, put them on a table. He looked at them. He grabbed one, fired it, eh, grabbed another one, fired it. Okay. I love it. Uh, quick pictures, handed it to um, my other guy. It was like, okay, good to see everybody. Got to go by. And he left out the back door. In that case, quick visit, but he knew exactly what he wanted. Top secret. Nobody's watching, right? Yeah. Celebrities actually all love knives. Knives are like everyone's secret thing. And really? I think it's a little, yeah. All the, all the celebrities we've ever dealt with, they all are secret. I don't know. I'm not blowing anybody's cover on that one. They all secretly love knives. And again, that's part of this stigma, which I'm sure everyone's kind of familiar with. It's like a gun thing. Everybody on the outside looks at this stuff and they're like, oh my God, like street weapon. Not really. It's actually right. like a finely made good that a lot of people collect, appreciate, yep. and you can use to open Amazon boxes. It's not like right. the thing that you see at the corner store. It's very diametrically not that. It's like cool, um, cool no, ass adult baseball cards. Like we collect them like <laughs> yeah. baseball cards. It, yeah. It, it's such a compound effect because the more you get, the more you have to have. You know, you, yes. I, I was in like a low where, you, you know, I was buying a handful of them and you had maybe 20, 30, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, like, now, yeah, now, yeah, now, I I need, now I need many knives. Right. And it just, and it's as soon as you get one, it's then yeah. what you don't have to add to the collection. And don't have a mini cleaver. I don't have anything with Mother of Pearl. I don't have. Yeah, no, it, celebrities love it. It, it. They like it. Steven Tyler, those guys, they came in. I, I'm sort of familiar with Steven Tyler's love of knives previously. Um, same thing. He came in and he, he was like, I know exactly what I want. That was very specific. Um actually similar to Johnny Depp's purchase, but he's a huge knife dude really? from way back. If you, if you look up videos of Steven Tyler, like huge, huge knife guy um, is familiar with the knife industry and very much a knife collector and a knife appreciator. Um, I think you can look up a video on YouTube and he's in, doing an interview and he just pulls out like a giant Daryl Ralph fixed blade, like out of nowhere. It's like um, not SNL, but um, David Letterman late night show, or I totally forget. Yeah. Now. I'm not a huge yeah, yeah. TV guy, but he famously loves knives. When he came in, same thing. He was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm looking for these three things. And we're like, yeah, no, I, I got you. And um, very friendly, hung out, pictures, the whole whole thing. Uh, very, very personal. They're, you know, they're all, I think when you take a celebrity out of their, their, their moment when they feel like everyone's watching them, right? We've all been there. Like, people are watching, and you're like, man. You take them out of that, and you just put them in a room with just, like, a couple of guys hanging out talking about knives and, like, whiskey, like this. They don't, like, it all just fades away. They're just like. They just started nerding out and they're like, dude, this is awesome. And I'm like, right? Like, that's dope. Like, isn't that awesome? And he's like, yeah, like, I, like, what is this? Like, very interested and knowledgeable. And just, he's like, all right, like, wrap it up, run the card, call it even. No that's hard cool. sales, just like, no yeah. questions, just into it, you know? That's awesome. How, so, yeah. well, I know we kind of derailed a little bit. So now, 
they're they're tearing down the building. You're calling a friend of a friend, and you're like, oh, I yeah. I have no place for my business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um. Just a uh, sort of a tornado of of events, you know. Uh, and I'm looking around. I'm trying to find another showroom. Like I said, I don't. I, don't, I lived in Vegas long time very familiar with the vegas atmosphere i know what it's like inside of a casino i don't want any part of that like it's not it's not my steez and i know it's not my customer's steez so i said okay you know what good ride but you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them so i said okay let's do this we're wrapping this operation and we're going home which you know for me i love vegas i was born in the east coast i grew up in the snow and the cold i love it like i think it I think the seasons have something that really, you know, get inside you, uh, which is probably the freezing cold blood. Uh, that aside, um, yeah. So Appreciate I moved the whole that. thing back to New Hampshire. Um, I've got a new space. I'm working on building a new showroom. Uh, took everything that was Vegas, everything that I learned, everything that I loved about our VIP room there, and I'm constructing something new to be announced shortly. That's cool. Um, but I'm very excited because all those customers and all those celebrities hit me up and my phone is going off and they're like, is the showroom ready? Can I come hang out? And I'm like, you can come hang out anytime you want. I just don't have anywhere fancy. I mean, like my office is sizable uh, if you want to come chill, but I don't have a showroom yet. So that's that's my next hurdle. I've moved the business back to New Hampshire to an area I'm familiar with and feel comfortable with. And I'm going to build a showroom and recreate the whole awesomeness. So yeah, it, the, the business is long storied we've got history um and we're still going strong it's family owned and operated from then until now proud to say that because you know sometimes that doesn't happen yeah i had that was not at all what i had envisioned (laughs) i don't know what i had envisioned but that's really cool like you said it's family owned and the ride from vegas to gotta be a huge change of pace coming out of vegas i mean the hours the interesting people the the fuckery, the good stuff, the bad stuff. To so much it, it's probably pretty <laughs> level out there. I would imagine, kind of uh, normal yeah. brick and mortar yeah. walk-in traffic type thing. It's a lot, right? Yeah, right now I'm just doing kind of appointment light. Like if you know me and you call, come in for an appointment. But uh, are there hobos wandering in at midnight? No. <laughs> are there hookers wandering in at all times of the day? No. Eh. Are there boosters wandering in trying to sell us stolen goods all the time no are, are there celebrities wandering in no you know is it 125 degrees no it is not uh yeah are there sandstorms constantly filling the showroom with sand and dust no there is not um so, so there, there was some, a lot of there was a lot of stuff dude i'm gonna i gotta stop for a second there because this is honestly the worst thing that i've ever tasted <laughs> in my life Does, I, you may, i fucking blew it tonight these are <laughs> wisconsin yeah. did not bring well, their a game they're known for bourbon no this one now is, i know why wisconsin makes brandy old fashions uh, oh because they're bourbon that's sucks. yeah that's that's the go-to. You go well, to this Wisconsin is Supper Club. Well, it, but what, it's distributed exactly? Lake, Lake Geneva. This is Tattersall. Tattersall. Minnesota weeded. It tastes like Tattersall. Yeah, Tatter. T-A-T-T-E-R-S-A-L-L. It's a... Oh, wow. Okay. This one's got... It worse. Yeah, it's a shoe. If you've ever tasted a shoe. Is it... In a bad way. It's like... It's like a mezcal. There's actually a shoe floating in the bottom of the yeah. bottle. It's like really small. You're like, oh, it adds a little bit of flavor in there. Like, oh, shit, he's, is that where that comes he's from? He's so okay. disappointed because he was so excited because yeah. he thought he'd found something like cool. 
Or at least discovering something is always the fun thing. Yeah, that's it. I gotta figure out what we're gonna drink next. Gotta, uh, we, we could try my uh, my Costco purchase. Let's get after it. Oh, we'll just wow. keep going down that shitty okay. path. Yeah. Hey, you, it was Larceny, yeah. wasn't it? No. Oh. Yeah. If we're, I mean, <laughs> we've already shot a lot, like, tasted two shitty ones. Can't we? Getting it all out in one episode. Uh, talk, I remember you, you you said the second one was going to be the good one, right? So the, it was the third one was maybe be, the yeah, choice. Though. I just it's a decent these, looking bottle and, and logo suck really bad. I'm I'm actually happily following uh, oh. a recent guest of yours because yeah. um, this is this is something I brought back with me from Las Vegas. Is an addiction to this stuff. The smoke wagon is yes, phenomenal. I, I'm really like I, I'm digging the hell out of that. I just got the uh, the small batch straight today. Yep, which showed up. Um, and I'm waiting for my blender select to come. But that stuff lately, that's my grind. Like, that's what's up. I've that been a cigar that is, uncut the younger. I really really liked a lot. It's, it's funny that you say that. Okay, I like the straight, but the younger is actually like. I hate to use this term drinkability. It's really good. Like yeah. you can give that to people and they've never tried it. I'm like, all right, try this, but then yep. try this. The younger one is, is bomb. Like, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, it is. They nailed it on that. I mean, this, this, I like the straight, I like the straight yep. and I got some, uh, I got some of the vodka cause I want to try it. I'm not a big vodka guy, but again, I love supporting him. Love the brand. He's so cool. Vodka. I haven't even opened. He's great. That like, the whole thing, the whole Nevada, the whole Las Vegas, the whole thing is just, I'm down. Sign me up. It's awesome. We got to have to hang out with him again. Dude, uh, he, yeah. he is a rad it, dude. It, now the, it's, you talk about story? Like, what oh, a story. Yeah. Yeah, I still am, like, trying to wrap my head around it. It's wild, man. But now it's so cool now every time I walk into a liquor store and I see all his products because it's so relatable. Now I know that yeah, the, I, the I, personal I relationship to it and the personality. Yeah. And he's he's a cool dude, and the, the, the bourbon's phenomenal. I mean, just like you said, that uncut the younger is, but that's so I, good. It's a that's great segue, not even planned. But I was going to talk about Instagram, you know, and sure. for all of its its negatives, um, we have very similar experiences, like you have with you know followers and people on Instagram and and the doors that it opens. It's so amazing because, like you talked about in the late. 90s early 2000s doing videos and stuff like that that was great that was getting your brand out there that was getting these knives out there they could buy them tangible but there was no personal connection right it wasn't you right, could right. you couldn't just dm somebody or send an email you could send the email but it they didn't you know until instagram you didn't have that it almost gave celebrities or high-end clientele like an easy access like I don't I don't know how I'm I'm describing it the incorrect way, but why yeah. would why would a Joe Rogan or why would a Johnny Depp or why would a, a celebrity like that feel at ease just sending a DM to this, hey, I'm gonna be in town, I'd like to come see your shop or I'd, I'd do this, versus sending an email or calling. Like oh. you could still access the company pre Instagram. Yeah, it's just easier. But what it, it's, it's easier and maybe it's so less, much less formal. Less formal and it's kind of a Right. Less of a sense if nobody answers, nobody answers, or, or I don't know. It's it's so cool the connections that have been made strictly because of Instagram, or the oh, Aaron yeah. the Aaron from Smoke Wagon thing was strictly because of Instagram. Well, it'd be different. It's like I said, less formal for you to. I, you know, I think he was following the page, yeah. and you reached out to him, and he's obviously a super cool dude, and you guys yeah. corresponded. But you know, rewind like ten years, would you pick up the phone and and just? 
number one, you wouldn't find his phone number or have the ability to contact him. You get a secretary and they'd be like, who the fuck is Josh right. Henning? Yeah, right. no click. But if you had his actual phone number, it's not, it's, it's more difficult to engage than, you know, yeah, a it, guy it, like him. Right. If that makes sense. No, I, the pros and the cons of social media are, are certainly a, a ad nauseum debate, but I, I agree that, I mean, like I've been doing these, these videos lately of myself just getting on Instagram and talking about the knives. But even pre that, I think that there is something, you know, especially in the early days of Instagram, which I miss because it kind of, it's debatable that it's quality now, but like, it's not debatable. A, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all but spend like countless hours on it a day. So. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's a horribly visually absorbing thing, which we'll all look back one day and be like, oh, that was pointless. But aside, there is a personality to it. Like you can go on Instagram, especially for a business or like what y'all do. You can go on there. You can see the face, you can see the product, you can see what they do in a very real, tangible way to get associated with whatever that is just by just by doing this, just being like, oh, shit, okay, is that what these guys do? Like, oh, that's what they look like? Oh, they're real human beings? Oh, and so you can, you can absorb whatever page you're on in a very easy way, which I think is a positive. The con to that is, of course, the rest of it being, you know, advertising or being shadow banned or, you know, any of that stuff. Someone else deciding that what I do is okay and what they do is fine is totally bullshit. Um, whatever. Does that become you, uh, a problem for you being that you're, you're, yeah. you're promoting weapons to, to some people, some people look at it that way. So is you it, guy, all right. I see you guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it, it's unfortunate. So the knife thing we get wrangled in with the gun guys, not unfortunate, but just inconvenient really. Like, I love guns. Second Amendment is super important, and I think America stands in a lot of ways because of it today. Again, aside, the knife guys get put in that same category. So when I'm talking to people about what I do and I'm trying to explain it to them, they're like, oh, yeah, they're weapons, and they're just kind of done. And I'm like, no, that's not fair. That's not okay. Like, these are not weapons. I mean, okay, they are weapons, but a lot of what I sell and a lot of what my colleagues sell and produce are not necessarily weapons, but they're, they're functional art, yep. which is the way I look at it. I mean, yeah, okay, they are weapons, but, I mean, they're for opening boxes, and it's the most practical tool you have in your pocket. Can you open a box with a Glock? I have, and you can, but it's not – It's not <laughs> right. the wife and the kids are not pro that. They're, Christ, is that – so, you know, Dad's not, open another okay. box with a Glock. Yeah. <laughs> it might stop your wife's Amazon problem. Yeah, it might. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, – see, there no, you it's, go. But it's so yeah. funny. Like you said, society, though, and like you're trying to explain to somebody what you do. You run in – we talk about it all the time. It's always the the wife meets a new friend and says, you guys need to meet the husband, and we're going to go out on a – Double date, you know, because, we're that, go. because that's worked out so well zero <laughs> times. They're not doing it anymore. I think yeah, all yeah. the wives have learned that we just, yeah, not going to ever click with More anybody. More double dates. Yeah. So, but you, you try to explain it, but it's funny what society and these new these people that you meet would put as far as dangerous or taboo. Like, I would venture to guess that the same person would be completely fine with you saying that you have, you know, 20 dispensaries, you know, or I'm in... Yes. I'm selling whiskey or I'm doing this, whatever. Equally dangerous if using if used the wrong way. You know, so why does the sharp object, you know, or the gun or something like that, it's just funny how like what things are okay. You go back twenty five years ago and say you're selling weed or you're saying you're selling knives on the strip, selling knives on the strip will be way more accepted than the selling weed. Yeah. Good point. Absolutely it would. Good point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
and dispensaries are crawling up all over the place. And I, yeah. I have no problem with absolutely, you know, any of that. absolutely, that's totally fine. But like, you're absolutely right. I look around me and I see dispensaries everywhere. Like, you know, and I, I try to think, okay, post prohibition era America, liquor stores are everywhere. Am I in the same mentality? Like, I check myself and I'm like, okay, you know, fair enough. There's a lot of dispensaries, there's a lot of liquor stores. And then I look again and I'm like, no, there's 10 times the amount of dispensaries that are liquor stores. But you're absolutely right. There's something about it, like the silhouette, right? Where all you said AR 15 silhouette and then like the Bowie knife silhouette. Like, what did, you know, when did those things become so, you know, frowned upon when in a, in a realistic world where, you know, everything is not perfect and everything is not perfectly peaceful and love doesn't conquer all. Like sometimes these things are absolutely necessary to protect the freedoms that we have, you know, and, and tools to use in our everyday life. A knife, for instance, has been a tool since we had hands or thumbs like, right. you know, Gur and Gar were in their cave and they were like, how am I going to cut this? You know? And then they used a piece of obsidian and a knife was born. You know, it's, it's man's oldest and most useful invention then or now in 2023 like there's a need for it in your pocket every day no right. questions asked yeah yeah i feel i'm sure you that's much the same way you feel completely naked when you don't have it's horrible it's the worst traveling yeah. it's so awkward yeah, you, yes. you get off the plane you're like uh, what's missing i'm yeah you it's so weird yeah but it's so useful like you said it, there's so many things like you know we're out uh driving a truck the other day and you're you're tuning the you know you're tuning it as you're going we're messing with shocks and stuff well the fox steering stabilizer don't have a straight screwdriver i mean well a blade fits perfectly in that you know you stick that sucker in there and it's like either that or you drive all the way back to the shop but you got it in your pocket so right you're good to go it's a very useful tool christmas and birthdays opening kids presents cutting zip ties oh i I shave hours off the phil cut a b in half once i cut a b in half that was cool. Okay. It actually, yeah, actual live <laughs> yeah, flying bee. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was at a pumpkin patch with my wife and kids, and one of her friends. Leave the kids. pumpkin patch out of it. No, it, it was. It, it sounded. It, yeah, it adds to it. <laughs> yeah, it sounded. Started off really cool. <laughs> Back up. They can edit that out. Oh. They'll edit that out. <laughs> so her friend was giving me shit for carrying a knife. She's like, what do you do with a knife? And there's a bee flying around. Like I use it for shit. Like cutting this bee. Cut it right in half, flying out of the air. <laughs> Never in a million years oh, thought I would air. do it. In the yeah, air. The thing fell in half. Right. Her jaw dropped. And since then, I'm like the coolest guy she knows. Did you play that cool? Did you just put it away? Yeah, like, yeah that's the kind of shit I do. That's yeah, 14. Yeah. Yeah. That's what do I, I'm cu- yeah. cutting bees in half man, any, every day. Any uh, more questions? Bitch. <laughs> 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 what do I do? I'm a fucking samurai. What does it look like, yeah. my guy? Come on. Fucking one-up Mr. Miyagi with that shit. That was cool. Yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Andy Stumpf, host of the Ironclad original, Change Agents. For over a decade, Ironclad has worked with brands and individuals to create world-class films, series, podcasts, and ad campaigns. In fact, I've been working with Ironclad for the past few years. I was introduced to them on a project through the Navy SEAL Foundation. I've worked with them uh, on a variety of projects, even up here in Montana, long before they proposed the idea of Change Agents to me. They're the best in their field. And I say that because there are plenty of people out there looking for the best, looking for the cream of the crop, looking for the top of the triangle. And if you're looking for that, you need to look no further than Ironclad. If you ever need media by way of film, a series, podcasts, or ad campaigns, they have you covered. You can reach out today and follow them anywhere at This Is Ironclad, the ampersand 
and then this is ironclad or visit them online this is ironclad.com again www.thisisironclad.com So what's uh so what's the knife industry looking like today? Um, you've been obviously in it for a long time, and there's been brands come and go. There's been brands build. There's been brands try to reinvent themselves. Um, it seems as though to me, we talked about this on another podcast uh, not too long ago, that the EDC that you mentioned earlier um, has never been as strong as it is today. You know, and that EDC thing over the last probably five years has has done a lot to probably, I guess reduce that stigma the negative stigma we were talking about as far as knives and right. if you were carrying a knife so now it becomes part of that next cool thing that a guy finds himself you know that next edc hobby and it's the 47 flashlights and the tool driver and the thing you know and it's cool to take pictures of but let's face it you probably carry two of those 37 things that you're taking pictures of um but the knife thing of that it's brought it's brought people in and and it's made them more appreciative of higher end materials. So what is that what does that look like in your business now? Excellent question. So you're absolutely right. The the knife industry as a whole has expanded exponentially over the last two or three years. We have a huge influx of new people, which is awesome. And they've been brought in by very specific products that are very designed to be sort of non-threatening, which is great, you know, very sort of simpler designs. And it's brought them into the fold and it's exposed them to some super high-end things and some mid-grade things and all kinds of stuff. Um, and because of that, it's, it is sort of, no pun intended, a double-edged sword. Um, but because of that, we see a huge amount of new designs and new manufacturing, uh, new techniques, new finishes. And that's, that's, all really, that's all really good. There's no real downside to that. And I think because of those sort of and I hate to phrase it like that, but people who might not have normally been into knives, right? They they come into the fold of the sort of the knife industry and they start their EDC and they take their Instagram pictures of it. I think that there's a certain positive social signaling to their friends who, you know, were the ones who were never going to get into knives. And they're like, well, that's actually really cool. It's practical. It's somewhat non-threatening. I kind of like it. And, and that sort of tumbles, right? So then you see this huge acceptance of what we call sort of what I call office EDC, right? Which is like you said, so you got your you got your flashlight, you got your pry bar, you got your tactical pen, you got your tactical carabiner, you got your tactical, you know, whatever the hell. Toothpick. And you have the yeah, <laughs> toothpicks. Yeah, actually titanium toothpicks are a big thing. Um, <laughs> so I mean you have all these you have all these new gadgets, right? And that's how you get people sort of into EDC, but it's also you get this office EDC. And then like these guys start carrying the knives and I think they quickly realize how practical it is. So you have people who would, wouldn't normally be into the hobby, getting into the hobby, you know, for different reasons and then swiftly being like, Oh wow, this is actually, this is great. This is exactly what I was looking for. And I think that's a really positive thing. So the knife industry expands, we see new designs, we see new designers, we see new materials, which is also very cool. Um, and the materials come out of nowhere and they make the knives cooler and you get new people and the more faces that you see on a regular basis on Instagram or in real life at knife shows, I'm a huge proponent of knife shows, right? Car shows are awesome. Knife shows, like go, go do whatever it is you're going to do and share that experience with other people in a cool environment because it only makes whatever the fuck you're doing 
even better when you're sharing it. Like, I don't know. I think I think that's the best way to do it. What do we got um, out this way for knife shows? We got that one in Atlanta. We keep saying we're going to go to the yeah. Blade Show. Blade Show every yeah. single year. When is Biggest that? one in the world, man. Yeah, it's when it when it is. It's uh, it's usually the week after you tell us about it. It's it's early June. It's early gotta, June. Yeah, there's got to be something yeah, that just happened out here. Yeah. Uh, there's Blade Show Texas is coming up. Uh, we got Blade Show East in California. If you're down to go to Cali, uh, there, there's a bunch of them. Um, saying that, of course, not having my calendar in front of me, but there, no, there, there are a bunch of nice shows coming up. That everyone should totally check out, and y'all should definitely come and and hang out and and meet these awesome people and, and check out even better knives in person. But no, it's it's exciting the way that the way that everything is expanding so much. Um, you know, probably, of course, because of whatever happened a couple of years ago with the pandemic, like guys are at their computer and they're just they're seeing this stuff. And they're like, holy shit, this is cool. And it is it's fucking cool. Yeah. They're getting into it, which is awesome. So yeah. a guy guy's going to go out there and buy his first knife. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got regardless of his age, regardless of his job, he's got a second, hun- second knife. He bought a Swiss Army knife at well, some point. No, he was gifted. A Swiss, okay. He was gifted right. a Swiss oh, Army so knife. Now he's, now he's buying 12, his first nice knife. He's buying his first nice or nicest knife. He's buying his first knife as an adult-ish. Sure. So he's got a hundred dollars in his pocket. What does he go buy? All right, we're go, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go there. We're gonna get there. Uh, so a good brand that I would suggest and that I see a lot of people getting into. Um, would be Civivi. Uh, it's very affordable. They're super well made. They're great materials. The finish work is great. You can't say enough good about them. And, and for the price point, they're absolutely phenomenal. You, you know, you can get something for a hundred or sub hundred. Dude, it kicks ass. I mean, there's just no, there's no two ways about it. Like it's just really, really good. Um, you know, it it is an overseas manufacturer, but you know what? It, it does fill a hole in the industry that was like, look, I need something that's sub $100 that has really good steel. You can get these things with, you know, D2 and, and like actual steel, not just like, what's the blade steel? CR2, like, yeah. like that's not real. Um, so Civivi is a great one. And then, you know, we and sort of that that echelon of, of, of imported manufacturers are really sure. quality stuff. The Wii you know, that's, stuff's that's, cool. That's your gateway. And no, yeah. it's super good. That's yeah. the thing. I've got a few of them, and they are they're impressive. Yeah, and the, some yeah. really cool styles. Yeah, they do. They got great action. This is this. Yeah, that's an inexpensive one. Just a Kaiser. Oh yeah, Kaiser a little right. flipper, same, and that's yeah, the yeah. same kind of thing. That's like a what, fifty sixty dollar knife, maybe I think. I don't there know. But bought it. Maybe he would know. Well, I've had it for years. <laughs> I don't know, but it's uh, uh, so that same guy. <laughs> so. Two years down the road, you know he's 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 gotten into it. You know people he's, have said he's doubled his budget. He's doubled his no no he's tri- his he's tripled oh, his budget. He's oh a, shit! So he's been doing well, he's, he's got two he's got two hundred, but his kids and wife you know they gave him a gift card right, for Christmas. Oh, this is right. very specific. So he's he's got three <laughs> he's got three hundo, right, to spend. And he's gonna throw it down on a knife. What's 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 he buy? Uh, okay, so now. That three hundred—that's that's a that's a phenomenal price category, right? So the in in this game right now, basically anything past two hundred and below four hundred opens you up to just an incredible array of things. So okay, right off the bat, easy easy hole shot, right? You get your bench made, right? You get into your nice bench maids. The guy got a Civivi, got a Wii, and he's like, hey, you know, stateside, what do we got? You know, we've got bench made in there. They offer manual, they offer automatic knives, right? If that's Yep. Your, that's your thing you're getting into um 
and Microtech, right? Microtech is that's an that's an easy like okay, like Microtech's badass. Manuals, fixed blades, automatics, you know, three hundred bucks is is still it's a lot of money in in the knife game. Uh, and, and you can get into so knives. I explain it like this: knives are a lot like watches. Guys are watches. Um, yep. There's yeah. There's there's the high end, and then there's the mid grade. But in each tier, you have like your Rolex, your Omega. Then you have your cool brands that like nobody knows about. Like you have your bespoke stuff. Um, you know, and that's actually it's on my desk. I just I just grabbed uh, to show yeah, this. But this is cool. so this okay. is a this is a black side customs SLCC. It's a concealed carry fixed blade. Um, and this is this is in your three hundred dollar range. This is just a really cool slim line concealed carry knife. This you know matches great. You know if you're carrying a pistol or, or otherwise, uh, American made fixed blade. Um, but there's a lot of neat little brands in the industry right now that are that are popping up or have been here for a while that people are not as aware of as others. Um, so your guy with three hundred bucks. Definitely come by pvk.com because I will show him some awesome Dude, stuff. The fixed blade is very cool. I I love fixed blades. I've got a couple of them, but it's so tough to find one that's a comfortable carry. Yes. Help us yes. out there. What for okay. a, for a daily driver? Something that you can tuck into a pair of like Josh wears slimmer jeans. So let's use him as an example. You know, a guy <laughs> wearing like skinny jeans because that's not what I wear. But if you were are, like, skinnier than skinny jeans, I'm going, I'm going horizontal on the belt with is a that where you were? That's where me, you, but yeah, not like a Rambo knife, but something that's comfortable. Sure. So okay, so fixed blades, great, great category. You have you have different blade lengths, right? You have your two to three inch, which is what I would consider sort of your friendly EDC, sort of right, the concealed carry. Looking at about you know three three and a half inches with the top of the tanto there. Um, anything bigger than that, even even skinny jeans. Four to four and a half inches gets a little like you could carry Glock 17 if you wanted to. Most people carry Glock 19, but yep. you know, whatever. Um, again, so Ween Civivi is where you would start, right? You've got some great sub hundred dollar fixed blades. Um, and the great thing about Ween Civivi and and these other bespoke brands is the fact that they do collaborations, right? So collaborations are between like these these famous knife designers and these production companies. So my friend Justin Lundquist makes a great little feist fixed blade um, by Kaiser, and uh, that's a, that's a great start because for the price, it's really hard to beat. It's sub two hundred dollars. You can put that right, you know, IWB right beside your pistol. Um, I think it's like well, five inches overall. Like that's a that's a whole shot. That's easy. Um, American made stuff, same thing. Benchmade, uh, Microtech, really great fixed blades. Um, they have the SOCOM Alpha Mini uh, that comes in a slightly larger side, but it's skinnier overall. I would pretty much carry that every day. It's very comfortable, and I and I would definitely. I'm a huge lately. I'm a huge proponent of carrying this. I just it's got this like Derringer handle, which I really love, and it's just very compact. Yeah, that, um, that looks the ergonomics look good on that. What was the the brand again on that? So this is a Blackside Customs Black collaboration Side Customs. with Strider Knives. So Strider's been des designed the SLCC and made this for many years. My friend Hank, Blackside Customs, brought it back after a very long time. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this. And this was literally designed to be concealed carry. That's slimline that, concealed carry. Is that a Kydex sheath and is that like canted or is that straight up or? Yep. So it's got the it's got the little loop we're okay. sort of all familiar with there. And um, yep, this is a nice snug fit kydex and you can see the whole thing is like it's tiny it's very slim it's very small like this is designed to be 
concealed on you, um, literally right next to a pistol. That's that's what it's for. It's meant to be opposing. So if you grab your pistol, you grab the SLCC on the other side, pull that out, no problem. That's cool. Um, you got those yeah, bad boys in stock. We go through you if we're looking for something like that. Absolutely, hit me up. I've got those got those on on the website. I've got uh, a good amount of them. Hank's a good friend of mine. And again, so okay, so that 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 would be stateside. That's uh, very very cool to be see those made here in the USA. Nice, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you got this is a new guy, right? Uh-uh. New, new you guy. Know, you know different. a lot of dudes. <clears throat> this is a different guy. Who are all these guys? You They're just guys, guys, man. I know, I know all kinds of people, dude. Okay. I know so many. Josh is out there networking. All right, so this is a guy that's listening right now, right? And uh, he's he's done well for himself, right? He's got a little bit of money, <clears throat> right? But he he might have had some older knives, and he's not a knife guy, right? But okay. he wants to, he wants to drop some money on a knife, right? And he wants he wants something that's cool, right? He wants something that's going to be if a knife guy does see him. This, Stop. This is you, dude. This is <laughs> this is like he's like, yeah, I want I want to. Where does this stop. person sitting? And at I, the I want I want people <laughs> to notice this fucking knife. People need no. to be like, this is not, damn. Look at that knife. This is not me. <laughs> this is this is not me at all. A friend of mine. It's, it's a it's a twenty it's a twenty five hundred dollar budget, right? The guy's got twenty five hundred bucks, oh, right? Okay. He's like, I want I'm gonna I I like nice things. This guy likes nice things. He likes good. He might not become a big time knife guy. But he doesn't want to spend sure. good money on a knife that if he's running out in a guy is a knife guy, he looks and like, you spent that on that? Like, why would you? He wants something that's going to be, you know, like you said, the the cool guy factor. You know, the the ones that is maybe it's a, a off, uh, you know, brand that's not as well known or a maker or something like that. Twenty five hundred bucks. What does he buy? Bad knives in a twenty five hundred dollar range. Probably. Well, there could be knives that might cost twenty five hundred dollars, but not might not be that fucking cool. I've we've all watched the knife show late at night. There's twenty five hundred dollars knives <laughs> on there that <laughs> don't want. Okay, this is the knife show that we watch. Okay, this is the knife show that we. Watch. We've all got stories about that. Watch. Remember the when the dude cut himself? Love oh. the fucking knife show. Back in like the back in the nineties, oh. I oh my God. I watch at night, late night. All I watched. Oh, the dude was awesome. Your, your, your bedroom is filled with swords, isn't it? Yeah, I've got the 36-piece okay. tactical folder set, too. With <laughs> I can get throwing stars for 70 right. Mom, give me the card. How do I not buy all these katanas? They're only $15 for 20 Yeah, God, Just buy two. Like, and if you right. call now, you get the leather sheath absolutely free. <laughs> free. Zero money down. So 2500 yeah. bucks. What's the guy buy? Okay. Easy. The, the knife that comes in this pouch. So this is, this is some of my favorite. Um, I know these guys very well. This is Grant and Gavin Hawk. Um, this is the deadlock out the front knife. This oh, is that's cool. This is in your there we go. This is in your price range. So this knife is the knife that you would carry that a knife guy would recognize. And as of most recently. Uh, your your civilian might recognize. So this was uh, featured in John Wick, the new John Wick movie, for about 0.2 seconds. Um, but it was in there, and this is a very cool knife. So this is an OTF double action, right? All pretty familiar with that. Except this particular one has zero blade play, which they have a patent on. So if you grab the blade, people Ooh. love to do. They grab the blade. It has compared zero. compared to a not like bench made that's got. Or so every yeah. every other out the front ever made has blade play. That's just 
it's part of the system. Like right. it's like an AK. We love AKs because they work, but they have to have a little bit of wiggle room. A little to work sloppy. So well. A little sloppy. Yeah. So this has none of that. It fires like a dream. Zero blade play. A little harder to get right now because these are made uh, in very small quantities because they are so damn hard to make. Um, but a deadlock OTF is absolutely what I would recommend deadlock for OTF. that price. Uh, yeah. This is, this is pretty phenomenal. So this has carbon fiber inserts on the front and rear, as you can see there. It has a double-edged dagger DLC blade with DLC furniture, so DLC screws, DLC switch, and... Oh, yeah, that's clip. really Dude, cool. That, that's solid. It's not, yeah, it's not a regular spring pocket clip. It's a mechanical pocket clip, which is, I think, super neat. That's got a lot going on. Oh, it damn. has an immense... And so, right, so U.S. patent on the mechanism is really neat um very few otfs feature that and that's that's a very bespoke item that's cool that comes in under 2500 dollars, actually so spoiler alert for later that guy yeah. was me so oh sh- yeah oh. <laughs> I didn't see that nobody saw that coming <laughs> nobody saw that coming. uh if you've got to guy four if you've got to say so another guy no if you've got to stay guy. with you personally, you've got to stay with sure. one one knife the rest of your life. What knife are you taking? Gonna be the one in my pocket. So this is this is my everyday carry right now. I've carried this knife pretty much for well, the last two years. This is a Microtech Scarab. Got some stuff on it. The full serrated shadow blade. model, full serrated. I, I'm a huge proponent of. Rated. I'll probably take a lot of heat for that, but that's you and me both. are you yep. really? You and me both, my man. Yeah, we argue with Josh no, all I, the time. I am not. The serration thing is, I'm not a serrated guy. As be my uh, my question. You haven't seen it yet. You, you haven't. <laughs> you haven't had the right knife. I don't know what to tell you. This this is okay. So this is a this is a great example of of a serrated knife. I'll, I'll real quick aside. So serrations are seen. They're not looked at from the right perspective, right? So. You look at a normal blade, it's flat, which is totally fine. Flat and smooth, right? I got this brand new Microtech MSI here. You've got this, this single cutting edge, right? So when you go to cut something, you're dragging either the tip of the blade or the belly of the blade along whatever you're cutting, right? That's what we all do. So this entire thing eventually becomes dull, right? Easy, okay. However, when you have a serrated blade or a full serrated blade, each one of the kerfs is its own blade. So if you're cutting something, each one of these is splitting whatever you're cutting into its own blade groove. So essentially, there you have one blade. Here I have one, two, three. Several. I have like a hundred tiny blades here. Because people are like, oh, it's just for cutting rope. And I'm actually like, no, if you carry a full serrated knife on you regularly, the amount of times I've sharpened this knife is anybody. Zero. Zero times. Ding, 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 ding. Zero times. Yeah, got a winner. Times. I've never done it. It's not necessary. I have a I have a million tiny little blades in one blade. Also, this is a Microtech Scarab. This was properly heat treated and is DLC coated, so it's not going to lose its edge that easily. A lot of knives that are full serrated or partially serrated that people have experience with, they're not heat treated properly. Heat treat is a huge part of knife making. If you heat treat a knife improperly, might as well be cutting with cardboard. The blade isn't hard. Like, the crystals don't align. You literally heat up the blade, crystals are all over the place, and then it's all of a sudden aligned. You have a very hard piece of steel, which that knife, this is like 
I've cut all the cans open with this. That's about the crystals, my dude. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for years. I say it till I'm blue in the face. That's it. No, yeah. that, that's my everyday is the scarab. No questions asked, man. That's like that's the most a, badass. That's thing. a rad knife. For a daily, I love a serrated blade. It's, I'm not carrying one today, but generally I do. Because for like general like utility stuff, cut things, doing stuff, it's it's handy. Like cut, cut, so here, cut a zip tie. Yeah. yeah. Cut there a zip tie yeah. and cut it with you know a non-serrated blade. It's, you're you're right. asking You're for there trouble. forever. Yeah. That Just serration is going right through it. You've cool. been schooled tonight, Josh. Cool. I still don't. I still don't <laughs> okay. like it as good. Right. I just don't. I don't. But I, I can see the reason. I can see the use of it. That makes way more sense than, than you guys just saying you like it more. Just because <laughs> so, you know. like him more. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, I get it. The uh, Spiderco does an amazing serration. Just as a, as an aside, Spiderco does a killer serration. Spiderco is a hugely great price point for a full serrated blade. I think we've got they do it very well. Some serrated spider goes over there in the. Yeah, I took try him carrying him. one. Did you? I took him home, gave him to Wyatt. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> we uh, tell it now. So explain. We are always we're big time in Tonto blades and cleaver oh, okay. cleaver blades. We're I'm a Tonto. I love cleavers. I, I'm a love Tonto blade, a cleaver blade. So okay, where did the Tonto blade come from? Oof! All right, here we go. Lone so, Ranger, dude. Uh, yeah, that's uh. <laughs> partially so this is something else i'll take a heave for at some point so this is a this is a this is a traditional drop point blade right mm-hmm. the blade starts here and it drops down and you have this simple curvature so a tanto or a tanto however you want to draw it tanto um it started as a sort of armor piercing tanto in the late 80s right that was this big thing we have the tanto blade i still get people calling up every day like that samurai blade i got you no worries um <laughs> so a katana and various other japanese swords are technically tantos so you have your main grind then you have your other grind yep so it started this is what we call an american tanto we have the main edge and then you have your secondary edge which gives you this really nice this really nice point here so when you grasp it you put all your pressure on this point and it does a hell of a job. Like you push down on that and drag that across something it's done. Um, but it started as a Japanese sword, which was sort of this very graceful flat. And then the tip of the Tanto was, it was not this hard. It, it's um, almost a drop point. If you didn't know what you were looking at, you'd say, Oh, that's a drop point blade. But then we get the American Tanto sometime, you know, in the nineties, we get this American Tanto, which is very hard, angle um so there's two types of tantos you get your japanese tanto which is your traditional and you got your american tanto which is obviously sort of what the slcc has and what you see on a lot of like um more common blades like you see them on microtech or you know you see them on a lot of things have an american tanto which is these two very hard edges it's great for a lot of things it is it is great for armor piercing because basically this entire tip it starts from this grind forwards. There's no way you're gonna break that. Like it's it's immensely strong. I use mine exclusively for. That's what I use mine. Yeah, try that with your yeah. serrated blade. You'll no, never. When you're running up on. Dude, somebody? I pierce so much fucking yeah. armor. Dude, I pierce serrated tanto. I pierce three armors today with a tanto blade. <laughs> you literally pierce no armors. <laughs> you have no idea how many armors I've pierced. It's zero. How, like a roughly how many armors have you pierced today alone? Oh, today alone. I today mean, alone. Two, two. Baker's dozen. 
two. Po- possibly three. <laughs> I, I pierce a dozen armors a, a week. <laughs> on a slow week. On a slow week. No fucking armor. Okay. No, and then a re- reverse <laughs> yeah, Tonto uh, is just is just a like a deviation uh, of that. Yeah, basically. So, <clears throat> yeah, that reverse <laughs> right reverse Tanto yeah. is is so a reverse, a reverse Tanto or, or Warncliffe is mm-hmm. is very similar. So you have the blade on the bottom and you have your notch on the top. It does a very similar thing, right? You have you have where your apex. See. So you yep. got your apex on the top there, sure. and anything down from where the apex is here forward, you're not going to break that. It's a huge amount of strength on the front. So your reverse tanto, in, in this case, I would consider this more of a modified Warren Cliff. Getting to the weeds there, it's got a little bit of a belly, but I mean, same idea. So you put the pressure down, and basically from here where the spine of the blade is to the blade, if you draw a straight line straight through here, this arc on top gives you a huge amount of pressure. So when you push this down. You've got from your thumb again. Draw that straight line all the way to the tip. You can lay it down. Um, so What's reverse the Tantos, Warren cliffs are great. Difference between Warren cliff and a sheep foot. Okay, so Warren cliff is this hard edge like this. You have this sort of top line, and then you have this straight. Where in this case, it's sort of modified. That's a Warren cliff. Sheep's foot would be from the top spine of the blade. Instead of having an angle here, it's a swoop. So a sheep's so a, foot a reverse is, drop point. Or, exactly. Right. This, if this was sharp on the bottom, this would be a sheep's foot. So a lot of that terminology comes from old school slip joints, like very old American cutlery. And you look at these diagrams and they're like clip point, drop point, Warren Cliff, upside. It's it's a lot of the times it's the same because that's your sheep's foot is a is a graceful fall and then a sharp on the bottom, whereas the Warren Cliff is just more sort of um architectural perhaps yeah yeah i want to check josh's browser history before this podcast i feel like dropping <laughs> terms like sheep's we've foot talked about it on this podcast a hundred times we talked about sheep's foot we've gone through it yeah I don't know. i'm skeptical <laughs> <laughs> what's in oh you've already said you what's in your pocket now that sucks yeah. That one did. It was cool. I know. It was a it great knife. It definitely I just, didn't suck. It was a bad knife. This is what's going to be in my pocket. That's what I, I wanted to hear this about. Is, that. That's okay. That's the new Microtech. This is the freshness, my guy. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, this is, you know, I digress. I see this as uh, somewhat of a, of a, of a savior in our industry. So this is a folding non auto Microtech made in the United States. Or a retail. Oh. $175. Oh, wow. That's, that's a reasonable yeah. price point. Yes. No, this beats the hell out of, and I'll tell you why. So this knife features a ram lock on the back there, which most people are going to say, oh, it's an axis lock from Benchmade. It's a similar concept, but not at all, really. It's a bar lock. So this back part interferes with the travel of the tang of the blade and locks it in place which is super super strong um this has injection molded handles and an m390 blade the reason that's awesome is m390 is a super high-end blade steel this is properly heat treated this blade steel cannot be found on most knives of 175 price range at all and nor would they be made in america with a spring deep carry pocket clip as such with a lanyard hole with all stainless steel hardware with a reversible pocket clip and a slug, so when your pocket clip's not in there, 
not just a hole. And again, it's microtech. I, so it's I assume ours is, ours are in the mail, like it's in the oh, care okay. packages on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a uh, question. I, of course, I was going to send you the tracking. My bad. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> so I got you. did so did microtech at all? Does this have anything to do with them? Did they bring this out in response to Benchmade's hundred and seventy five dollar, two hundred dollar out the front Tonto? blade where they're like you're gonna go after our bread and butter watch this we'll go after your bread and butter that seems as though it's very similar mentalities so without without getting i i will answer that in a two-part okay so without getting too far into that so this lock is is this bar style lock like i like i yeah. said bar style lock not not an access lock right there was a patent on that style of mechanism for a very long time that Benchmade held through some custom knife makers. Um, the, the Williams McHenry lock system, which is the Infidel and the Axis lock, those expired. So Benchmade had had the whole market cornered on these on these um, on these styles of locks for a very long time. Recently it expired. So actually there's a whole bunch of companies in the industry who've been racing to market with their new bar lock. And different ones are kind of good, kind of bad. You've, we've seen some innovation there. Um, I, I know for a fact, because um, I know things, <laughs> that this knife has been, this knife has been in, 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 in the works for a very long time. So I, I don't know that it is in direct competition for that. I know that Microtech is not playing around when it comes to the market, right? Like they don't fuss around. They take it real seriously. They're, they're working on basically kicking everybody's ass and doing a pretty good job at it uh, when it comes to getting new designs, new products out there with cutting-edge technology. That's what it says in the box, man. It says, like, you know, we're it, like micro-technology from day one. So, I, like I said, I know that the MSI, which is the Microtech standard issue, has been in development for a while. So I, I don't know if it's directly because of that. I know that Benchmade has also been hitting it with the OTFs lately. They've been yep. like, yeah. they've been coming out and they're just like, I know. bam, that's, bam, bam. That's like, kind of my mentality like, on the backside of yeah. like, oh, you're going to oh, come yeah. out and start beating us up yep. for the price point in an OTF. Sure. It, you know, Microtech's like, you, oh, we'll hit you in a price point with a the fucking problem, Do you folder. have one of those OTFs? No, I don't. We, yeah, we both have them. Yeah, I know. I don't, I'm not going to have it because you got one. I'm not, I'm not a follower. The, I love the Microtech OTFs. I love them. I love the style. I love the blades. But, but here's the problem. I have an entire drawer full of incapacitated Microtech OTF Ooh. knives. They, really? They, all the springs, oh, I thought you were going to go with the Heretic No, stuff. the springs fuck up in all of them. I, I probably hmm. got 10 of them. That are just Send them back. Yeah, I just don't have the time that or the patience or the foresight so, the blades are they like this no you just can't some of them you lay on the the hand the, the little knob with two fingers and you can't get them to go and then you can't get them to retract or you they're just to retract yeah send them over send them send them my way i'll fix them or send them to microtech guaranteed for yeah, life no questions just, asked just actually doing it is the problem or I'll just bring them to me then I'll okay have there I'll you go night you know i deal with this a lot i like the knives thing for a living or something. Ninety uh, percent <laughs> of the time, honestly, like customers call me up and they're like, "This is the problem." They're like my microtech's broken. Hey, you just like, whip what's it. wrong with it? Whip that you thing. Just, you just yak yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, that I know. If if that's not the issue, though, if that's not the issue, basically, uh, maybe once a month, maybe less, depending on how much I beat on her. But like, 
if you take a can of rem oil and fill that entire chassis with rem oil, literally until it's pouring out, um, let that sit for a minute. And then if it won't fire, kind of get the blade and work it back and forth. And then if you can get it to lock, if you just exercise it with the rem oil in there, that'll get it done. like 99% of the time. So I've got, I got, what's the little, the, the little jobber, that little, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It can't be more than an Exo set. Not the thick one. Cause I got that. UTX 70. Oh yeah. The seven. Yeah, He's that, got, the, yeah, the little, that, yeah, little, that little guy, you cannot yeah. get that sucker to open. It is like, it needs some oil. Yeah. I guarantee. Two. Yeah. yeah it's, you got a lubrication fixes all life's problems. Don't hurt the ones you love. Just saying. All right. That's good the, advice. uh, good advice. The weak thumbs, the heretic stuff, man, is really nice. I love the yes. Microtech stuff, but the Heretic stuff, they solve some problems. Not problems, but... That's the one you got. Yeah. That knife is fucking badass. Those things, yeah. like the carry, like there's just some love small it. little things that they've addressed. Oh, yeah. Tony, Tony Jr. is is nailing it. Hitting it out of the park. I really, I totally respect what he's doing. Like, he's got the style, right? And and he he's he's doing his own thing. For, yeah. for so long, you know, okay, I don't know what's going on. But now, like, Heretic is hitting it. They're on oh, cruise control, love it. nailing it. The Cleric 2's got a carbon fiber top now. Like, carbon fiber top, double-edged DLC blade with DLC hardware. Like, you got me. Like, I'm sold. Like, take take my heart. Like, okay. Like, yeah. I have a Cleric 2 in my collection. I love it. It's a giant needle. Like, it's so badass. Um, and the whole Manticore series that they're doing, same thing. It's great. And they're, they're hitting it on the price point. And again, American Manufacturing, love to see that. You know, doing a really great job opening up the window of OTFs for so long it was so few and now these days right you got Heretic you got Microtech you got Benchmade you got a bunch of companies bringing new to new OTFs to the market I love to see that because it's such a cool knife and it's the most practical in my mind and so I'm happy to see these guys bringing more of them out what's your thought on the uh, EOS OTFs okay so EOS John is homeboy uh he's like four hours away from me um i love eos so like i'm a huge like eos guy um i know them personally so like that's like i feel like i should sign a waiver like there's some sort of <laughs> you know conflict of interest there um but that knife in particular is very cool so john developed the harpoon with zero uh sort of regular handle screws it's got one screw at the back I had known I would I got one over there. Dude, so I just uh-huh. I just bought the uh it was like a limited drop. You guys will appreciate this is the Miami Vice edition. Did you yeah, see that one? Hell yeah, that's what's up, my dude. Yeah, that's it, great. It's a rad little knife. Don't I, I, like, I like it. I like it a lot. It the oh, they're, they're great. Yeah. I've never had any of their blades before. That's the first one, but it popped up and it was an impulse buy because it was a limited drop and I got on it. There were like five of them. Damn. Yeah. Congrats. It's rad. No, oh, those EOS are so that's that's a such a great mechanical uh, system that he's designed. The whole knife stays together with one screw at the back. It's the first OTF to have a back spacer. Um, again, stateside manufacturing. He's in upstate New York. Like he's like right over there. Like he's he's killing it. He's got a really great crew of guys. They're running the mills full time. Um, everything that EOS does is just. It's phenomenal. Like, that's America. Like, when I think of America, like, EOS is in there. Like, it's just such a small crew of dudes, like, 
running it at full speed, just trying to make the coolest shit they can possibly imagine. That like that the twelve year old them wanted to make. Now they're like, okay, we can do this. And like John is just doing his absolute damnest too. Yeah, basically. No, no, absolutely. The the harpoon is is phenomenal. I have those. I have one in my collection. I sell them. Absolute. That's that's a great knife that falls into the category of. I have other knives. What do I get? And people come to me and they're like, Jeremiah, like I got all this shit. Like, what do I need? I'm like, you have this, you have this, you have this. And they're like, yeah, I have that. I'm like, okay, like, do you want something kind of interesting that no one else is going to have? That's the knife. Like, that's that's the cool shit that EOS does. They make awesome flippers as well. They make the Nautilus, which is a cleaver. You might be into that. Like, that brand is just, they're so, like, you know brands were on their tipping point, right? You Like, you look at them and you're like, you're so close to just, killing everything yep. like that's that's that's, that's eos nice. that's them like they are just they're cresting the mountain and with that new otf like i see nothing but great stuff for them I- i'm excited to see where they go awesome so it's, that was a good how much did you pay him to say all that to make you feel better yeah Not nothing but i feel really good about that <laughs> see there we go congrats yeah. well that's it yeah that, that went on a little bit but no those yeah. those guys like what else is just, in that that category of if you have a bunch of knives, you should add this underrated, unseen, cool guy thing to your collection? So that's okay. Good question. That's so PVK, like what I do, like I really I try to live in that. I try to live in that space as best as I can, because like I'm not I'm not as big as some of my competitors. So what I can do is try to have the coolest stuff. Like I can, I can try to have the stuff that maybe is overlooked a little bit, or I can try to get exclusives from some of those brands, right? The black side customs. I'm a huge proponent of what Hank is doing. Like, that's a great, like, not enough people know about it. They should, they're awesome. Um, you know, another one of those brands shows all black knives, um, is this arcane design Pratheon. Uh, I have this exclusive for PVK. I had him do for me, which is carbon fiber and all DLC, everything. Oh wow! You saw my you saw my scarab. Cool. I love it. Like carbon fiber and all black everything. So Israel um, designs these phenomenal pocket knives. They are uh, they are made overseas and imported, but nonetheless they feature just killer ergonomics, really great blade steel, and again, a super amazing price for this. Like it's not for what this is and the category it's in. Um, you couldn't. It'd be hard to get this anywhere else um like this is 350 for a full dlc and a full carbon fiber chassis um like that that's a great one where people are like oh i don't know what to get and i'm like well do you like dlc i'm like check this out like this is pretty hot like solid carbon fiber handle for the novices like four ounces out there they're listening dlc you gotta that's diamond light oh, coating right that would be the yes. same thing as on yeah, the glock yeah. slide right right so yeah the new gen fives have ndlc which is basically dlc but it's right it's um and safe okay uh but yeah dlc is a diamond like coating which is basically they take the metal and they put it in a, um essentially a vacuum chamber and it gets heated up and then the vacuum chamber gets blasted with this like micro coating and that chemically bonds to the steel at a certain temperature and makes the steel completely impregnable like the okay so i've literally cut through tin cans with this knife for years like metal on metal sawing away when i'm camping like on a tin can like i don't bring a can opener i just have my scarab it's dlc coated so properly done dlc like it's you can't scratch it it doesn't scratch it's diamond like coating people are like oh it's gonna scratch 
Cerakote, like a lot of blades are Cerakoted. That's what they use uh, like a machine gun coating, very popular in the knife industry, will scratch. DLC, properly done DLC, will not scratch, period. Impregnable. Great stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta let the listeners know. You know, there's all kind. This was this whole episode was supposed to be about a knowledge transfer. So I think we've done that. Uh, speaking of that, the best. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Ooh, uh, knife advice or just in general? Either or, or both. But oh, both. Okay. Uh, well, somebody told me to never pry anything with a knife, but I I pry shit with knives all the time. But I mean, I don't. You know, I don't condone that. Uh, Next, okay, all right. Good life advice that I got uh, that I've that I've stayed true to this day was uh, don't don't loan anybody money. Don't loan money because either a never going to pay you back, and then you lose a friend and you lose the money, or make sure the money you're loaning is less than fifty bucks, and then you know then you buy yourself a problem, or you know a good friend if they pay you back. So. That is good advice because I loaned a lot of money to a friend and I literally lost that. Friend. Yeah, you lose a friend and, and the money. money. Why not just just lose one or the other? Not not both. Like that's you know that's a fucking depressing it story. Is, dude. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a terribly you know, depressing story, but it's good. It's advice. one of those things where yeah. it has to happen though. Like you have to be there, loan the money, and then you're like, oh shit. Like okay, and then you just feel like a dick. You're like, can I have my money back? And they're like, no. And you're like, we're not friends anymore. Okay, cool. That sucks. Brought it down a little bit. Sorry about yes, that. Yes, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of somber now. Damn. Well, you know, if you said happy life advice, that was just the first thing to pop into my mind. If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? Ooh, uh, good question. Probably, probably still editing video for money. Definitely. Yeah, probably be doing that. I, I did that for a really long time. So like I said about video editing, I was a freelance video editor for um years when i wasn't doing the pvk thing i was doing it on the side and full-time professionally when i was in hollywood um i'd probably still be doing that uh probably just hating it because i was inside all day like editing boring movies but <laughs> i was gonna ask you, you did know. you did you enjoy that it was fun it's, so it's it's one of those things where like i i did it for so long and then like you, you start having to financially support yourself with something that you love and that starts to get like, oh, that's kind of a bummer sometimes. Like people are like, oh yeah, just do what you love, and you'll never. You know, okay, that's cute. Like sure, but I was doing it, and it, it was getting to the point where I was like, oh, this is a grind. Like I'm not enjoying this, and I have to be creative at work. And like the creativity was being stifled by like somebody standing over my shoulder, like yelling at me about edits, and I was just like, fuck all this. Like I'm getting tired of this, which is exactly when. My brother called and was like, I need you full time. I'm like, okay, great, fine. I'm, I quit. Fuck you. Like, I'm out. Like, that was, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd probably be, you know, probably editing film by now. I don't know. Favorite car movie and why? Oh, two lane blacktop. Easy. Dude, Done. Solid pull. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. How many levels did you just get? We're basically best friends. Right I, I, I knew <laughs> yeah. when he said that, right. I was like, him and I are hanging out. Like soon. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, is there a better piece? I mean, they're okay. There are lots of other iconic cinematic car scenes and, and movies, but Tulane Blacktop has stuck with me for years. It's just like, fuck it's, you. This is cool. Yeah. That's like, about as cool as it gets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's easy. Sure. It says a lot. Says a lot. I'm telling you, we judge every single guest you, by their uh, car movie. Do answer. we really? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! What do you mean? Do we really? Is that, I didn't know that's why I was Hi, doing. I thought, yeah, I thought that we. As were just, soon as we're done the podcast, we judge them oh, pri- okay. privately. Oh, they're now okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, not with no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. Hey. <laughs> okay, All you're right. gonna make people nervous now, Josh. That's not. Okay. Oh, what are no, the we normal, don't. What are the normal answers? So we don't what, do that. What, what no. are some? No. Oh, oh okay. I, no. If you wanted to go back through two, well, two he, seasons, you, you definitely fall under the fucking badass category now. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody yeah, too late? There's probably been what, two guys, him and me. There's probably been seven, <laughs> six or seven that have gone two lane blacktop, but that that puts oh, you up okay. a notch. All that right. puts you up a notch. Um, okay. I think that we've got gone in sixty seconds is probably the winner. You've got yeah. yeah, but what's your judgment on that? Because we literally don't judge people on it. So what if you're judging? What do you say about the guy who says gone in sixty seconds? Nothing. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> that's what. Okay. That's what everybody says. You've about. got some Lamar. You've right. got you've probably oh, got okay. five, six, seven of those. Is there a little uh, fancier? Is that what you're like a fancier kind of guy? Yeah. Says that. <laughs> you first of all, you <laughs> judging me by saying we judge fuck you. Cause <laughs> uh we've had uh American Graffiti, of course. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy hitter. Uh I tell you what, Fast and Furious comes up way more mm. than you would think. Yeah, it does. But it's yeah. generally from guys that you wouldn't think, and it's because of However, they're in the industry and they're connected oh. to that movie or something like that or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I don't, you know, the movie wasn't that great. But yeah, I mean, it's different when you're like actually in the movie or you had a car that you like well, yeah. you're in the movie, which is right. I get that. Yeah. Um, what are some other ones? Those aren't like, see, I think of those movies and I'm like, okay, those are solid ass car movies. But like what you're doing is you're saying, I like cars. Like, okay. Yeah. I like cars. Like I like American graffiti. Like, that's cool. I like food too. Like, what else do you like? Like, right. and I'm not, I'm not discouraging Yo, any of those answers, but like by answering the fast and the furious, you're saying I like import cars. Like, okay, that's cool. Like I like import cars too. What, what kind of import cars? See, do now you he's like? judging. We've had Ronin. We've had Ronin. Five or six people have said Ronin. I judge him because it means you're a little bit more, you're kind of in the know. Ronin's a great sure. card. It's not a great car movie. It's a great card scene in the movie specifically sure. on laser disc and infinity speakers in my girlfriend's <laughs> <Wow>. dad's basement <laughs> we're in abercrombie warm-up pants yeah abercrombie <laughs> warm-up pants were be we're being worn, we're worn. yes we're worn with a case we're, we're just having a good time <laughs> yeah. all right that would be 1995 i think yeah, you were 46 42 you're, you're Anyway, uh, what other ones have we had? Like obscure ones, like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. The only way somebody dropped uh, Herbie the other recently. <laughs> Herbie oh, the wow. Love Bug. Yeah. Herbie the Love <laughs> okay. Bug. Okay, I you know it's I dig that. Yeah. That's original. Yeah, okay. I was I appreciate I it because I the nostalgia of it. I mean, I remember that. that you know, Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus yeah, Ferrari. Yeah. What's movie? the other one that we get that was that's it's obscure? Uh, the shit. We need to keep. Up at the some cannonball runs. Nobody's really dropped yeah. vanishing yeah. point. Okay. No. Ooh, yeah, vanishing one or two. Point. Okay. Yeah, just one or two. Right. I think that was one of the ones I was thinking of. Nobody's. <laughs> that was a conversationalist dream right there. Cannonball run. You know what best. nobody's ever dropped either is the made for TV movie from like the late 70s Hot Rod, which is fucking awesome. Hmm. That's the Who's one. In it? That's where he's. We talked about it once. Uh, there's nobody's in it to, like, to speak of, but he. Uh, He's racing a 65 Belvedere, and it's against the Munns root beer family, and he's got a 442, 
And then this dude, he gets, he finds like a 40 willies in a field. Okay. Builds it all up. And it's like he's winning races and then he like builds the motor. It's, and it's a major it's, TV movie. It's a like production quality and all that. It's not real good, but it's, uh, <laughs> you're selling yeah, it. Yeah, but it's sorry. great. No, but it's, it, it's a good, yeah. it's a must watch. Got some good shit out uh, of cars. Jeremiah, right. it's been, yes. a, it's been a blast, man. It's been fun. Hell dude. yeah. Absolutely. We're going to have to do I'm it down. again. We're going to have to get you sure. down here in studio and bring us some knives and show us some things, man. Let's do it. I, I got a whole pile of knives everywhere. I got knives all over my desk. I'll, I'll come down. We'll take a look at some knives. You ever come to the Chicago yeah. area? Never. Well, we can get you down here. <laughs> if you do, you, uh, you, know you should be carrying a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. You know what? What I mean is I've never had a reason to come to Chicago, but now I feel like. Yeah, we need to do this. There's a reason. We, get, we need to drink some bourbon, talk some knives, yeah. and uh, and hang out, man. Let's do it. I'm down. Been been awesome, appreciate dude. it. Thanks, buddy. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. Take care, man. Cheers. 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 This is this is the shittiest fucking whiskey of the, ever. I disagree. The other two are far worse. This yeah. is the worst out of all of no, them. That's, 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 got the, a, that's the probably the best out of them. Yeah. This I, right here? Yeah, it's got a weird aftertaste. but It's not good. Yeah. None of them are good. <laughs> yeah. It's just the less <laughs> yeah. least of yeah. all of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring out some better stuff if you come down. <laughs> okay. I, if I just bring my own stuff, and y'all got there some. You go. yeah, we got all the, all the go. good name brands. We actually, we actually okay. do have right. good shit. Okay. It was just that one. All right. Appreciate Guys, it, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Check, check you later. Big thanks again to our guest, Jeremiah Burbank. Remember, you can keep up with Jeremiah by following on Instagram at pvk.lasvegas. What happened with the bourbon tonight? It's a whiskey review fan. time. We're fixing to fucking find out what happened with the bourbon. I did not serve us well this evening. Guess what? Tonight, we're not reviewing bourbon. We're reviewing Jeremy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Gone. Get it out of your system. Jeremy. <laughs> Phil, what do you rate? <laughs> Jeremy. I'm a fucking hey. 10, dude. I'm a dime. <laughs> you know that. This right, let's talk about the bourbon. This one was Okay. Was, it was they fucking, were both horrible. It was it they were both horrible. The Racine Petro Barrel Select has a, a leg up on the Minnesota. Correct. Because Weeded. this has got a flavor that's not no, yeah. That yeah. yeah. Honestly, I've never tasted. That's like a son even a mother couldn't love. It's I've that never tasted. Bad. I've never tasted <laughs> an actual beverage that you can drink that you're supposed to drink that tastes like this. This it, absolutely tastes like something you're not yeah, supposed it's like, to. Yeah, think I drink Malort over that. That's got a chemical taste yeah, about it. Hundred percent. I'm right there with you. This is bad, bad. Phenomenal bottle though, dude. Yeah, great, great a, marketing, great packaging, yeah. good bottle shape, good logo. This okay. I could have drank. It would have taken me a while. No, it's, I, I, I had worked, high hopes coming out of racing Petro. It's got a so it's got such a fucking burn for ninety three. I don't understand it. I worked through it. I, I consumed it. It's not that's not what I would consider horrible. It's palatable. It's not good. I wouldn't. That's that I, is a that's a not buy it. If I'm you're at the, <laughs> all right, if you're at the racing Petro and you have an extra forty nine dollars, buy three more Kringles. Yeah, they got really good chicken fingers too. Oh, the chicken fingers are out of this world. Yeah. They've got Josh. Have you been there? <laughs> yeah, You're I've been there, but I don't. Have know you about been there recently? Second story. Have you been there recently since they remodeled it? It Maybe rivals, not. honest to God, it rivals the I-80. It's that fucking really? good. There's yeah. a. They've got a uh, half. Well, it's not. I guess it's a full. Uh, you know what's the fucking vintage travel Airstream. trailer? Airstream trailer. That's a chicken tender shack. But upstairs they have a bar. 
restaurant lounge, and they send the chicken tenders upstairs in a basket on a zip line. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. Dude, it's, it's great. It's great fun to watch. Yeah. My son being the chicken tender aficionado. Oh, Cam fucks with yeah. some chicken tenders. <laughs> That's all he eats. Yeah. Those one best chicken tenders in the Midwest. They're good. Yeah. What by, does he go by? Cam. By Cam. By, is really? he straight chicken tender? Is he like a Cajun? A, oh, straight chicken what's tenders. He, what's he dip? You go sometimes ranch, sometimes mustard, which I highly disagree straight with. Mustard. Yeah. Old school yellow they, Heinz mustard. You never do. You don't ever crazy. do. Barbecue sauce and mustard mixed? No. Oh, that's a little fancy fancy sauce. sauce. (laughs) You make a little (laughs) little fancy sauce. Oh, man. A little barbecue. If every now and then, if you. Young Josh. I see young Josh eating some fancy sauce. Especially if it's a Dijon. Oh, you want to talk about super fancy sauce? Alabama fancy sauce is some some (laughs) mustard and barbecue sauce mixed up. So, Uh, Green River. Green River also sucks. Terrible. Probably, certainly not the worst. The Certainly group. the best of the three. No. Good it's bottle. Neck, I'm gonna see I'm gonna say the Green River is neck and neck with the Racine Petro uh what what's what's it even called? This is Kentucky. No. I thought it was a ten year. That, that is bourbon. neck and neck with this. Oh, no, you're high. It's bad. We didn't even discuss there's this is this is way more like a scotch. This is some of the worst marketing <laughs> compared you can't even really find the name. Well you should, you don't need to know. Okay. People Y B. You can find it. Why be barrels? Like takes a minute. Why buy? Yeah. Why buy? Tastes like shit. I don't think there is a brand name. Oh yeah, there it is. Yahara Bay Distillers. Yahara Bay. Oh, it's from Fitchburg, Fitchburg, oh. Wisconsin. Where is that? It's distilled in Wisconsin. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, all failures. Those are all. I don't they're all just it, yeah. don't buy it. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think you rate it. It's it's such a they're such a don't buy it. You could, it could be a one. It could be a four. This it's, this could be drank. Yeah, we poured it out. What do you mean it could be drank? It you could guys be did. Drank. Out of, if we had to pick, if we had to pick out of all three of these, this one actually could be drank. And I'm going with this one. It's a little little smoother, weird aftertaste. Tell you know what? We're, th- it's right here. Watch right. this. Tell us about the Green River. Well, you supplied that. Where'd I it come from? Bought it at Costco. Oh, it was okay. As a Green River. $29 good looking bottle. I thought it may have been a 10 year because it just says DSPKY10. That's just trying to, that's some trickery. That's yeah. some tomfoolery right there. It's like a license plate. That is. <laughs> Kentucky weeded. Had a lot of things going for it except yeah. the taste. I'd rather be drinking a old, like a good old fashioned, legit Green River. Yeah. Than that. Tell you what, a little bit of water. Instead of that, hundred percent. A little water in that. If y'all don't want this, I might take this. Take that home. Yeah, you go ahead. Put put, put a some little fancy water. sauce in there. Put a little <laughs> Alabama fancy sauce in it, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Oil and Whiskey Podcast with the Roadster Shop, an Ironclad original. If you like the show, leave us a rating, review, and all the other kind of shit. Blah 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 down the bottom. Thanks again to Jeremiah Burbank from PVK Vegas. That was actually a really good one. That was cool. It was they fun. Jump on his site. Yeah. It's Buy some fucking great, knives. Great resource. He gave you the knife to get if you got a $100 budget. He gave you the knife to get if you're a $300 budget. Are those three guys going to buy those knives right now? The one guy is. Fucking A, he, they are. 100%. I hate his Instagram page. I got to say it. Because it makes you want a lot of it's knives. It's just like nonstop. Like, ooh, that's fucking cool. And he starts, oh, fuck, he, that's cool. He oh, just explained. Fuck, that's He's cool. a curator. He's a curator yeah. of cool. We'll see you again next week.